Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with Toasty, who is still lacking on sleep because work. Work is crazy. Why do we gotta work, Toasty? Why can't we just play video games all day? wish yeah that'd be nice uh but hey welcome back everybody we are getting back on the whole geography thing because we're talking about Sintra today which seems like an important location if you're somebody who got into the witcher from watching the tv series Sintra is a location that they go back to multiple times fought over there's a lot going on there so we figured this would be a good good uh you know focus for an episode so toasty where do we start where do we start with sintra um so sintra or um as you probably heard in recent episodes uh zintria or if it's the show zintreya zintreya uh yeah <laughs> is one of the northern kingdoms located south of sodden riverdell and the great river yuruga yeah it's on the southern part of the sets of kingdoms the southwestern mm-hmm. side on the coast yeah. it's uh, northern uh, part of like right where Nilfgaard is yeah. pushing up into yeah. that territory it was like one of the most southernmost uh which which put them as a prime target for for Nilfgaard whenever they came in mm-hmm. although there was obviously ulterior motives behind that <clears throat> yes so. yeah yeah which su- surprise siri has something to do with this and amir and all that stuff but um it, it says here that the uh, type of government is a hereditary monarchy and we've seen side note here we've seen that it's not just a monarchy led by men that sometimes women and queens end up in charge of the monarchy so it's not just what? a much patriarchal to, uh... Much to the advisor's uh, disdain, of course, but uh, it still happens. And, you know, shout out Calanthe because uh, she was the real boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was definitely the boss woman. Um, but it's it was a sovereign kingdom until Nilfgaard, of course, came in and took it. And uh, the ruler house of was a uh, raven. The house of raven. You know, we're yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um when we get into like the history part of it i don't know if those sneezes are coming through my apologies <laughs> <laughs> no problem no problem but um after that of course it was ruled by a Nilfgaardian governor who oversaw the area so what else do we know about governmental info mm, uh so it's commander-in-chief is the like marshal position just a military rank um mm-hmm. uh, among the white of uh, quite different ones among different kingdoms and whatnot so um specifically in centra the marshal is the one who kind of led all that stuff um led the centran army of course they're just called Uh, an army right yeah uh and then uh they had their own centran intelligence agency uh the cia the cia yeah (laughs) (laughs) it just clicked in my head too that's funny actually funnily enough whenever i was like typing this up the the document was like don't you mean the central intelligence no 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 (laughs) No. it's the centran (laughs) (laughs) trying to correct me yeah i I find this interesting because this is one of those details about some of the kingdoms in the witcher universe in that they don't just have like 
individuals like you you read the game of thrones books you know song Mm -hmm. of ice and fire uh there's there's always like a an individual who happens to have a network of spies or agents or whatever but it doesn't seem super formalized it's more like the the area of a specific person and that's just kind of the thing they do it's kind of like uh with Game of Thrones, Littlefinger right. and um, Varys. Varys, right? Yeah. And uh, in in these organizations, in these kingdoms, they have specific organizations for intelligence. It's not just somebody that you know the king relies on to get their information. It's it's an entire and they do have structure. examples of that kind of thing. I mean, we know Dijkstra. He's got right. you know Dijkstra's that whole. Right. same concept but it's like um, it's more formalized i, I think that's yeah. the point is that it's actually called the intelligence agency or whatever for each of the kingdoms as opposed to like oh it's just just dixtra is the is the guy that we just rely on for this yeah like he is in fact in charge of that organization it's it's much bigger than just the person so yeah i always thought, thought that was interesting worth pointing out yeah <clears throat> uh so the capital uh is of course uh centra as is the theme for most of these places the capital city same name as the 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 kingdom country kingdom yeah, kingdom country. Um, mm-hmm. yeah they officially speak the common speech because um as we know citra is uh, rather racist so <laughs> <laughs> yeah right they're not going to be speaking uh, elvish yeah <laughs> uh this is interesting is they have like so many of these or whatever it's generally they're just known as like one uh like one denomination or whatever as far as like their title but uh centrins are known as centrins centrians or centries yeah all of these all three of these show up which is weird you think it would be yeah. standardized yeah um uh, the official currency is the i don't dude i don't know why but like i've been looking at this word uh-huh. thinking ducat for so long and then i like realized today i was just doing that i was like it's a ducat this is like an actual type of it's a ducat oh it's okay is that the pronunciation yeah and i was just like but for like i was looking at it and you know this like i guess it's just the americanized like Mm. perception of words is that you see that like the u position like that yeah there's only one consonant u right yeah it's a long u because of a single singular c before the next vowel the next you know the a so it looks like ducat instead of ducat yeah Yeah. Uh, well ducat let's keep moving uh, I must be tired because I actually laughed at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting points for this one. I'm chalking up uh, points on my little and then uh, board. They are they use the Nordling Pantheon, so <clears throat> for their religious purposes. Okay. Um, and uh, so Sintra's neighbors are Sodden, Brugge, and the Nilfgaard province of Nazir. Um, when Imar Var Imri's proclaimed false Siri queen, he also named her princess of Brugge, Duchess of Sodden, heir of Skellige, and sovereign of Atra and Abyara. Uh, this made all of those areas technically considered territories or vassals under the control of Sintra. Right, right. This is this goes back to that whole. But we talked about this a number of episodes ago. This idea that in order to conquer a certain location in, say, I don't know, you go back several hundred years in Europe, for example, you had to have 
the some sort of justification justification to argue that you had some sort of lineage rights to rule there based mm. on your bloodline or whatever right and so what he's doing is he's basically saying like siri should be the ruler of these places because she has a a, a claim they're called claims mm -hmm. and of course that gives him the right to invade and try to take them over so yeah that gives him claim so right which was really the point of him doing it right because he wanted to control so um and uh you know hearkening back to what you said a little bit ago um despite uh the kingdom's tradition of married in men automatically inheriting the throne if the previous king is dead despite a living queen Sintra, like the rest of the southern kingdoms raises boys and girls like the elves do they're all taught all taught how to fight ride a horse and go hunting from the time they're children regardless of gender so that's one thing they share with the elves <clears throat> even though they hate the elves a lot culturally mm -hmm. but they actually kept this tradition from the elves mm -hmm. this idea of not creating gender differences in the way you raised your children or who should be able to rule a kingdom which does kind of give like a bit of context because like and uh, like unfortunately to my perception and this is i think this is kind of this the general setting of it um was that it seemed like calanthe like really played up all that stuff and like seemed like she had to work real hard to get to like that level so that like people wouldn't judge her for being a woman because of course we know that she was you know queen and it was a like still she stood out as like an outlier there just because like um her husband uh passed and she didn't have uh like a male heir there right. to like inherit so like it went to her even though people didn't want it to um but it did i i assume that she kind of had to like play the part and play it up the like masculine kind of perceived things mm -hmm. just because well, she, had, she had to prove that she could she could do it just like a man yeah. could but so like, she would go it, to war for example mm -hmm. like she would actually be on a battlefield leading her men in the field and maybe yeah. women I'm, I'm not sure 100 sure about that but leading her her soldiers at least in the field and showing that yes i can wield a sword i can lead an army just like a man can like there's no reason I can't rule this country the way anyone yeah. else could. But to say that, like, she was just raised to, like, be able to do that stuff, to, like, it, it's like, okay, you know, there's just natural stuff. Like, it came naturally to her because she was raised in that same, like, with the same skill set as the men were. So I thought, you know, it right. was cool. Right. Cool and that's not to take away from any of, I mean, we had the Kalanthi episode previously, but not to, not to take away any of the actual having to go do it and prove herself out mm -hmm. in the world and i'm sure there was it was a <laughs> quite the climb in some people's opinions who were yeah trying to shoot her down um uh, so uh moving on to the coat of arms kind of national emblem uh section there um i did offer a, a little bit of a snippet for the live stream uh that's specifically the image that uh tom is going to be showing i think yeah it's uh, not coming is, up. hold on give me a second oh uh, uh is the coat of arms but there isn't a whole lot of difference between um the coat of arms and the flag it's just like the flag is just kind of a stretched version so like just imagine that but on like a rectangle essentially yeah um uh, and 
uh, for a description for those who are listening um, to the podcast only. Um, it is a blue shield uh, with three um, specifically because we've been doing this stuff. Learned that those are lion passant passant. Um, it's very French, but yeah, basically just a very stylized like lion, um, <clears throat> yellow lions on them because you know as we know the lions of Centra that is kind of their big thing, um, and it does come with this uh, little uh, snippet uh, for time immemorial and the king. In the kingdom of Sintra's coat of arms, three golden lions on Azure have been. They say that under this very emblem, the ancestors of Sintrans entered the Yoruga mouth ages ago, and that this very emblem was adopted as the coat of arms by their chieftain. The House of Ravens said the House of Ravens servants use these arms in days of yore, and such they are now a days? Adies? A days, yeah, A D A Y E S, and I'm gonna look that up because I don't know. Uh, a wild and exciting undertaking, not necessarily lawful. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Azure three lions passant or onely that since the reign of King Coram the second, the lions are crowned. This has got some uh, like weird old timey kind yeah, of phrasing it's, it's going like on. a specific like excerpt um from coat of arms of the respectable royal and knightly houses their blazon in history dynastic descriptions centred dynasty quorum too <clears throat> yeah that's where this weird 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 um and it, it specifically mentions the house of ravens dash serbans so I, I have a feeling that at some point in history this is giving us a glimpse of some of the lineages the lineage of the house of ravens house of serbans were combined into mm. whoever the leadership ended up being yeah. i have a i have a explanation for that but you know they're just gonna have to wait to hear it we're gonna have to get there in a little bit let's go talk about our patrons and then we'll be right back very well let us get this over with something has infested my vineyard mm-hmm Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right. Here we are in the middle of the show where we get to thank our patrons and no new patrons this week, but we do have our higher vampir vampers, higher vampers. Words. Words are hard, friends. Should I hit the words? Are, all right. Words are hard. Oh, all right. Higher vampires. Ben of Tamaria, Katie, or I'm sorry, Cody and Carly S and Jared M. Thank you for your support and my inability to read. Uh, appreciate all of you guys. Uh, all 46 of our patrons. We're up to 46 currently. Thank you for your support. Patreon.com slash Witcher Lorecast. If you want to go check it out, you can get ad free episodes for very cheap. You can join us for some of the higher tiers and get stickers or new uh, designs, which are rolling out next month for T-shirts and stickers. That'll be a thing. So stay tuned for that. We'll have some announcements next month on that one. And uh, you can also Wait, join how- us. How many patrons did you say? 46. Is it filtering funny? Uh, no, that's 40. I, I don't think we have 46. No, we got 16. Do we? we have 16. I was, I, like, 16. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. What so for some reason, here? Patreon has been filtering differently. Okay. So our current higher, higher vampires include Ben of Tamiri and Jared M. I thought that looked different. I was like, I don't know. Maybe somebody re, I was like, re-signed up. I was like, what? what yeah. Happened? But I, was like, I was like, didn't we have like seven... 
what do we have 46 it's like tom is not <laughs> we've had 46 we currently have 16 it's it's a weird filter thing but anyway we're doing some new designs that stuff will be out next month you'll get to see it uh in a few weeks and if you'd like to join us for our patron chat this month it will be and we're doing this episode a little bit late but it's the last monday of the month so that is on the 30th so 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific on the 30th and feel free to chime in on the discord let us know what you guys would like to discuss but there's still time to sign up for tier four if you'd like to join us on that we also have a new review this is from ace c i'm sorry ace xc31 in the united states who writes fantastic five onions <laughs> I absolutely love this show. They will inundate you with information, perspective, and fun, despite how dark, tragic, and sometimes downright horrifying the Witcher universe can be. The host's personalities shine through in the way they talk about the content, how they talk to each other. <laughs> so make sure to get your something oil ready because they smell of death, destiny, heroics, and heartbreak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ace, thank you so much for that review. If you'd like to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, if you have an Apple account, you can still just look up the page and do that. We'll read it out on a future episode. Or you can leave us a rating on Spotify or wherever you're getting this show. Uh, drop us a rating. Or check or out five the YouTube channel. Review, yeah. I guess in this case. A five onion. Five, leave five us a five onion, onion review. review. Yeah, or you can even watch us on the YouTube channel. All the videos from the live feeds go go up on the Witcher Lorecast YouTube, so you can look that up as well. Anyway, that's that's it for the middle of the show. Let's get on with the rest of the details about Sintra. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. It's onion. All right, let's dive into the into the ancient times. What do we know about Zintrea? As uh, it was called so, back then. Um, yeah. Gosh, <laughs> and this is rough. Uh, so once known as the Elven City of Zintrea, uh, Zintra was built on its ruins after the eastern expansion of humans approximately five hundred years ago and the abandonment of the city by the elves. So this is um, like book lore. This isn't revised Witcher TV show nonsense. Yeah, which I completely, um, I included information about it, the, the current stuff from the show and completely um, <laughs> didn't think about adding stuff from Blood Origin because I guess my brain yeah, um, wanted well, to really forget it existed, but... Um, According to Blood Origin, that the events of Blood Origin were 1,200 years in the past from like the current timeline that we're at in the books. Yeah. Uh, and so that's not 500 years ago. And then, of course, humans show up right then. So uh, yeah, I don't know that the humans would have waited 700 years to start doing what they did. Um, yeah. But we're, we're going to stick with the book lore as the more canon lore. And then, of course, there's the TV show stuff that gets further and further away from that. Mm hmm. Okay. So, so that's all we know about ancient times. Just like it had a different name. It was an elven city and then it was ruined by the humans who took it over and seemingly bastardized the name. Yeah. Or just, um, I guess made it more common. I don't know. I guess, I guess it's just like the, the process, the concept of like renaming things whenever you take them. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. with all like american expansion and stuff or like that whenever uh, you know america was being founded they kind of named all these things different whatnot so it's kind of like it i mean i guess it's nice that they kind of kept the 
concept of the name um and just made it like changed it a little bit but yeah um yeah it's yeah, like in, mean, in the united states it's it's like places that are named after uh native american tribes mm-hmm. and of course we say them in a very anglicanized kind of way and it's not the way that those tribes would have said those words so it's probably it probably feels something like that yeah uh, so, uh, moving forward, um, to the house of Raven. All right. So yeah. So what is the house of Raven? What do we know about this? Uh, so the house of Raven or house of Raven's servants, uh, sometimes known as the Coram dynasty or simply the servants is a Centran Royal family descending from Servan, the first King of Centra, whose name means Raven in the elder speech. Oh, so <clears throat> that's why they use both names. Mm-hmm. because they basically mean the same thing yeah. um it was founded in the 11th century by king Serban as the ruling dynasty of his newly established kingdom of centra um talking about their coat of arms uh dating back to the 760s it was used by the chieftain who led the first nordlings to the mouth of the Yuruga. wow uh, so this king- dates back a while yeah uh, King Serban married Princess Becca of Nazir and had many children with her. The eldest son, Corel, inherited the throne and by marrying a Shiva of Sodden, introduced the right to Soddener fief belonging to us, the descendants of a Shiva, blood of the blood and bone of the bone of the rightful princes of Sodden. In official decrees. What? Long what? <laughs> wow. Okay. Basically, this is old timey sounded stuff. Yeah, I, it basically translates just to like because they have their their descendants now have the blood of Sodden royalty and Centrin royalty. They are like leaders of both, essentially. Got it. It's combined. Um, combined. Yeah. Uh, I don't know rights to those lands. So so Steve Carell, his first son yes did this and it's called soddener fife belonging to us the descendants of eskiva eskiva blood of the blood and bone of the bone of the rightful princes of sodden it's, uh, weird okay <laughs> thanks it's steve carell fancy fancy ways of saying very simple concepts but <laughs> yeah um the pair's uh firstborn son king Coram the first once went to king once went to visit King Egon of Lyria along with his brother Karan. Um, I don't know if you'll notice. There seems to be a name with how the or a theme with how these names start. Um, They're all C names. See, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there, the two fell in love with Egon's twin daughters, Impeka and Rigoberta. Impeka. Impeka. Is that a car? <laughs> sounds no, like a Impala. Car. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it does sound like a car, though, to be fair. Rigoberta. Um, that's. Uh, hmm. I think I'd rather be in Pekka than Reg- Rigoberta. Yeah. Uh, this, is what we call, this is what we should call Rob. Rob Rigoberta. the princess. You're now Rigoberta the princess. Uh, in chat. Hi, Rob. Uh, in Pekka and Rigoberta, and shortly <laughs> after, two weddings followed. Coram first married Rigoberta and returned to Sintra. Karan stayed with Impeka and became king of Lyria after Egon, thus founding the Lyrian branch. Mm. So we're starting to see them split off into multiple branches. Um, it's just like, fun fact, this this house of, of Raven's servants or whatever branches off into like multiple kingdoms. So mm-hmm. they have lines in Temeria uh, and 
and you obviously uh with Lyria Rivia is pretty closely tied in there too but they have lines in Rivia too yeah. uh quite a bit uh he then introduced the three lions into the Lyrian emblem at some point the lions of Sintra became part of Rivia's blazon as well interesting yeah um, this is very european very like by the by the year 1800 the king of so-and-so was also half brothers with this person and you know like ugh, everybody was related right yep uh which we we kind of we already knew that we knew like with uh meave being like cousin to calante and then also uh mm-hmm. full test like they're they're all got ties in there um most of the Sintran royal family and its branches died in the slaughter of Sintra fighting Nilfgaard, with the only exception being Ciri, who went missing, as we know, mm-hmm. um, and whose place in the political game of power was then taken by an imposter, or the false Ciri. Right. Um, the Lyrian branch continued through Meave and her two sons. Okay. Man, <clears throat> we have to do a whole episode on the false Ciri. <laughs> like, that yeah. whole thing. Can you imagine being like the fake princess <laughs> Woof. like oh that must be stressful like any day now somebody might want to just murder me to, because i'm false but i didn't put yeah. myself up to this right okay you know, they're like hunting like they were all hunting siri too kind of at this point yeah. so it's like oh cool but you're also like very securely in the position of you know the strongest empire in the world with Nilfgaard because it's still stressful emir oh, emir man. wants to keep you close not only because um you know by keeping you close he keeps safe the claims to these lands but also he keeps safe the chance of someone figuring out that hey you're not the right person you're not really her <laughs> so, i know what she looks like that's not you yeah yeah okay so we have this uh, section here about the northern wars how about I, I give it a read and you can kind of chime Go in ahead. it says uh, in 1263 after the continued expansion of the Nilfgaardian empire to the Amal mountains emperor Amir von Emrys began a full-scale invasion of the north which we know clearly about at this point mm-hmm. beginning with the kingdom of Sintra just a reminder Sintra was the first of the northern kingdoms to be to be attacked and, and go down. Yep. The Nilfgaardian army crossed the uh, Marnadal stairs and crushed the Centrian army at the mouth of the mountain pass, which became later known as the battle of Marnadal. They continued North and slaughtered the kingdom's fortified capital, killing nearly the entire Royal family with queen Calanthe committing suicide rather than being captured. That part of the TV show was accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We even see the, the battle of Marnadal and like, that whole like mountain pass area so yeah many of the capital's residents were left homeless and fled to nearby verden tamaria bruges and skellige after marching north and being defeated by the at the battle of sodden hill the Nilfgaardian army marched south again and took control of the occupied lands of sintra and upper sodden so remember the battle of sodden hill they weren't able to to beat the mages who who kind of kept them out before the rest of the armies showed up from the northern armies and then they had to they had to pull back after the second Nilfgaard war the kingdom was nominally an independent state but was actually ruled by emperor uh, Amir of Nilfgaard because of his marriage to empress Cirilla also known as the false Siri yeah and and then of course as we know like it's I luckily (laughs) uh luckily this isn't actually so like he's not actually married to his daughter but it's still creepy 
Yeah, it's still, 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 creepy, still creepy. But in, in a Game of Thrones fashion, these things actually happened in the real world, and sometimes they were necessary in order to maintain your claims to stuff or whatever. So people would do all sorts of things. Um, yeah, gross. So, so what else do we know? <laughs> uh, so um, as always with some of these, like it, with the stuff that we do see, um, and of course separate it because between canon and then, you know, the the netflix series stuff um two different like storylines essentially so of course don't uh blend those um but uh as we mentioned before um with blood origin like i'll just say we know that it was like the big like height of the uh the like golden era of elves um they had their whole like zentrian empire with their clans um and then we see the events of it where the royal family is killed by balor and uh merwin uh and then the events that kind of transpire where they the 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 seven get the group or get the people the lowborns to rebel against the crown uh and that's kind of the end of that and then we don't really know what happens after that um because it's you know the end of the show um so but we see humans come along so i imagine yeah with that humans are probably moving in to make you know some of this stuff happen and taking over uh way sooner than 500 years ago so it you just assume that this is probably the same it, it probably blends into this timeline that we know so far of the regular stuff just with an extended period of 700 years on top of it about. Yeah, so. it, it feels that way, especially with the whole like peasant revolt thing. Um, the organization of the city would have been chaotic. And then all mm. of a sudden, all of these humans on the shore and we do see like that one or two crashed ships or whatever it was with the people all laying around yeah. in the sand. But that's I mean, that's just a tip of the iceberg. Like there were a lot more humans showing up than just that. And of course, they would have been looking for places to live and jobs to do and ways to survive and food. So to say that things were peaceful once the humans and the elves all met, it's probably not accurate. Yeah. Um, and so uh, and as uh, Tom said there uh, before, most of this info is still true for Sentra uh, in the Netflix series or has yet to happen enough to have an idea as to how it might turn out um, just because, you know, moving into season three, like we're kind of at the middle point, second Elf guardian war hasn't started yet. So mm -hmm. um, we still have yet to see that, how that's going to play out. Um, personally for me, I'm hoping that um, we move away from, uh, you know, mere marrying Siri. Uh, I, I'm hoping <laughs> maybe the, like the plot, like, you know, obviously they're changing a lot of stuff but right like personally that for me is one thing that i don't really like that aspect because i mean like i can get over the like marrying your family stuff but like uh just like i put a hard line on like whatever it's between like parent and child yeah that's, and also like yeah yeah and the child i mean siri is fucking uh she's a minor at this, right this she's also too, young still makes it oh. even more uncomfortable right yeah um, it's one thing to be like i don't know it's like it's funny that we have to talk about the like shades of this right it's like all right well your cousins I mean, i'm eh, not even gonna lie house of eh, dragon cousins all right all Damon, right you're Damon and rhaenyra and house of dragon 
didn't care. And <laughs> but like yeah, yeah, uncle and niece. Eh, okay. Uh, also, it was uncomfortable in the younger part. But once she was older, it became a little bit less like, uncomfortable. In the younger part, still. she technically was already like an adult. They just didn't make a fine point on it because it was like. Yeah. They didn't show the aging process. So right, it was but she weird. was also still a very young adult and in some places wouldn't have yeah. been considered an adult in the modern world. Like it's there's yeah. a lot there that's just like really pushing the boundaries. And then you end up with like siblings and then that's like, oh, even kind of ugh, grosser. Yeah. But then like the idea of like parental and child. Ugh, no, that's like, <laughs> like it just oh. gets worse as you get like closer and closer in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah i agree uh but, so i guess we're gonna have to see I, I my you know they did already have the whole fake Sintra thing in, in the episode where Geralt is there and he goes to claim her and then they show her the wrong girl or whatever well, right? that's, that's also part of the books is that yeah. like calanthe does do the like the like fake siri in that situation or whatever but Geralt is just because of like the draw of his child of destiny is able to figure it out right so right. um so they, they've like already that hinted moment. that that could be a continued concept yeah that they move on with, um, so but uh there is however one major addition to the center timeline that is not in the books and that is the whole thing of season two with the staging ground of the elves how it became kind of this like refugee city for the elves um mm-hmm. because like fringilla saw them as a useful tool um and granted to, get, to give fringilla credit she did genuinely like like and become friends with with francesca but i mean the overall idea was still like using the elves to like as an advantage because they know the areas of the northern kingdoms are better um and they can like work in like smaller units or whatever essentially the like the footing like the first steps for making of the scoyotel right so you're saying that they never actually in the book lore they never actually were brought to the city of Sintra. If they were, there was no point made on it. So it wasn't that's mentioned, why right? They, yeah. Right. So I, it's safer to say that yeah, no, it didn't happen. Right. But. The idea of them working with the elves is still a thing. We just don't have the moving of the elves to yeah. Sintra. Like the kind of making Sintra this like refugee city essentially because right. you know they did get pushed there also just after like. You know, with some of the elves working against the empire, like those early parts, you know, everyone pushing the elves out or mm-hmm. like, you know, slaughtering them or incarcerating them. Or so. Right. Right. So that's about it, though. That's basically everything that we know about about Sintra from the mm-hmm. past. It, it, and this is part of why we see the writers. I mean, it's not the only reason, but it's one of the justifications for why they think think that they have these good ideas of like redoing some of the lores because there's big holes in the history but Mm -hmm. what's funny is that they're not filling the holes they're just moving around the parts we already know in ways that don't necessarily make it better and then like real like greatly altering the stuff we do know away from yeah. the source material which is like which is weird. like i don't have a problem with them filling in the holes like season one right following like we already kind of knew about some of Ciri's journey in that, like with with the the dryads and stuff. Granted, they did it differently because Geralt didn't get involved there, but like we kind of already knew. But then seeing kind of like her just like with this like elf dude, it was nice. It wasn't like anything that was going to be like, oh mm-hmm. man, this is like a, 
you know the best writing i've ever seen but it was nice it was nice it was fine um it, it, it yeah. filled it, it filled it out in a way that made made her journey kind of make sense the finding of a friend and like all of that stuff yeah but the yennefer stuff i thoroughly enjoyed all the yennefer stuff that they showed mm-hmm. us because this is obviously like they don't show us all that in the books or tell us any of that in the books really mm-hmm. um yennefer is kind of like still like an enigma and like her right. origins because you know it's, it's a bad past for her she doesn't want to talk about it um and she's you know they kind of mysterious and aloof still she's not really so a point of, of that, a point of view character especially in those yeah. early books like you just don't yeah. get that so yeah. um and a lot of the stuff we do find out about yennefer is from the perspective of, of Geralt figuring it out right um so it was nice to see all that i thoroughly enjoyed all of that like kind of how you know she developed to like you know wanting power more than anything else and then quickly growing to regret it it was cool right i did enjoy that and it made sense for her personality it absolutely that it's weird it's like they add that stuff in and it's like no this is great this part's fine there's nothing wrong they're just filling in the gaps that we weren't 100 percent sure of but when they start changing stuff, that's where it gets like, why, why, yeah. why, why change the stuff we do know? Just leave that part the same, <laughs> like stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so. we could go on and on about this, but, um, but that's all we know about Sintra. And next week we've got our patron chat coming up. So let us know patrons, what you guys would like to discuss. We can talk about, we can come up with some crazy topic or talk about whatever. Um, anything's, anything's possible. So share some thoughts and we'll vote on it that i think that's all we got toasty for this week you good yeah you good all yeah. right you got anything else you want to share before we head out uh follow us to the witcher lore cast on twitter um <laughs> so excited about that i'h uh, sorry I'm he's my, tired like i had Sleepy that guy. One, like you know you get that like wave uh-huh. just you rallied like, oh my. you rallied there for a little bit uh good job yeah um and then uh if you like uh cyberpunk the cyberpunk uh universe um i do the cyberpunk lorecast with genesis um that gets released on sundays uh and i also do the uh cyberpunk red actual play podcast with uh the family four and almighty crit gang cyberpunked cyberpunk apostrophe d cyberpunked yep fool it should say fool at the end no you've been cyberpunked fool no i mean that's cooler i refuse it sounds cooler it doesn't (laughs) it it doesn't (laughs) okay maybe it doesn't uh (laughs) yeah go check out those shows go to robotsradio.net for links to all of those shows and all the rest of my shows and if you like the lore cast style i do a variety of different lore casts including lord of the rings and mass effect and elder scrolls and fallout and starfield which is coming out soon hopefully um, but that's what we got going on. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back next week with our patrons. We'll see all of our patrons on Monday night. And you can come join us for the live feed over at twitch.tv slash robots radio. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Chat. Thanks for being here as well. Toasty, have a good week. And until next week, stay safe on the path. We'll see you guys then. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. 
Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.